Hello, hello. Welcome back to another Better Days Ahead episode. I am happy you are here. You guys know the drill. Get some tea, get nice and comfy and cozy for our chat today because we are going to be talking about hope after heartbreak. Something I think we can all use every possible reminder that we can get of this when we can. Because, I mean, fuck, I need this reminder every time my heart hurts, even still. Because it's so convincing that you feel like you're never going to be okay again, you know? After you go through something really painful and really hard, it it's so overwhelming. And it's, it's sometimes really, really challenging to think that eventually the clouds are going to part and that the sun will shine through again. And I know that we all kind of like dog on ourselves because every time we go through this, we're like, why do I always seem to think that things are never going to get better? Um, it happens to the best of us, right? It happens to me too. So that's why we're going to talk about it. Because the, here are the things that people tell you, right? Eventually it's going to be okay. You're going to move on. The world's going to eventually have color again for you. And there is a time and a place for this sort of advice. And I'm actively still learning when people are generally receptive to certain types, types of advice. And I had to come out of the, like, I feel like I've been stabbed phase before I could even begin to fathom that I might be able to put myself back together someday. But I couldn't listen to advice like this at the beginning of the heartbreak. It just hurt too bad, right? I just had blinders on and it was too much. Um, I, I think I've gotten better at working through that wall of like, I'm never going to be okay again, um, the more that I've kind of actively been working on myself, which is exciting. But you know, it still happens. I'm not going to pretend like it doesn't. So actually, this is interesting. If you guys didn't know, there's actually something called broken heart syndrome, um, medically and more accurately termed Takotsubo cardiomyopathy, which is a stress-induced cardiomyopathy, uh, cardiomyopathy being a disease of the heart where it, it basically doesn't pump blood as efficiently to the body as it's supposed to. And the heart muscle can become somewhat weakened and it can cause symptoms that can mimic a heart attack, which would include chest pain. So theirs are something new and a quick medical lesson as to why some individuals might feel physical pain after a very severely distressing event, like a breakup, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a breakup. Uh, as usual, please don't self-diagnose. I'm also not saying this is what happened to me, but it can happen. So thought that would be a fun thing to throw in here. Anyways, as some of you may know, I had my heart smashed into a zillion pieces at the end of 2021, but I didn't want to talk about it. And I still don't want to talk about it in depth because it doesn't really matter in the sense that, like, although I'm over that relationship now, thinking back on what happened is still fairly painful. And I don't think the that there's a lot of benefit to really going back through the details of what happened at this point. And I've learned that the more I recount an experience like that, the more I strengthen that memory and the emotions I have towards those memories, like the painful ones, because those are the ones that stick out after, you know, going through something really hurtful. And the more that I strengthen those memories and the emotions, and I'm kind of brought back to that place that I was at, you know, a year and a half ago, the more it becomes my current framework and the perspective, the lens that I look through like in real time right now. And it trains my brain to think back on the past and like hold on to shit that's happened to me. 
And I've had to come a really long way with this. So I'm trying to train my brain to work differently because you can do that. It is, it's been a long road for me, but this has been imperative for my well-being, for my healing and for moving on that I let, that I let things go, that I let memories go, um, the good and the bad. So I essentially have left that experience for what it was at this point, which was a lesson. And there are memories that I still have from that relationship, but they aren't significant like they used to be. They're just memories now, like memories of me learning to ride a bike or growing up overseas or memories from past trips or, you know, past birthdays, like things that happened and things that shaped me, sure, and made me who I am and things that I can still honor like, I'm not just going to forget them, but things that aren't actively part of my identity anymore, like right now. So now it's mostly just a neutral concept, which is cool because for a while, even thinking about my ex at all would make me so angry. I'd want to like fucking explode because of what he did, because it was so heartless and cruel. And I already sort of err on the side of being angry. <laughs> Anger is not difficult for me to express. It's like... I asked for a punching bag for Christmas basically every year, starting from when I was 13. Okay, so I rest my case. That That's not a challenge for me. So yeah, I didn't want to talk about it. Shit like that, sometimes you don't know how to. It took a while for me to really even talk to anyone because it was so traumatizing. Like I didn't even know where to start. I didn't even know how to process it. I was at this point with social media where I was really beginning to lean into vulnerability and like radical honesty and really show myself more than I had previously with my mental health, because it's been a process to open up more and more. And, you know, that comfortability has taken some time. And I also think that I believed that I needed to show like everything all the time. Otherwise, like I wasn't being honest and whatever. And I realized like, I don't owe the internet every single detail of my life and that's okay. Like I'm not obligated to show all of that, but it, it's been this dance that I've had to do and kind of figure out where, where my comfortability lies. I mean, I show a lot of it as you guys know. So, but I was at this point where I, I like really wanted to give more. I was sort of holding back still. I wasn't super comfortable with there, but I wasn't, it was it was kind of this this weird phase and then all of a sudden this this terrible breakup happened and you know i wasn't really sure where to go with it so this breakup happened and everything just kind of stopped and i took a step back and i didn't know how to talk about it and part of me felt really shitty for not really showing how bad it was and like using that experience as a teachable moment with you know what was going on with me and being more authentic but it was also coming from a place of self-preservation, and I've learned that that is totally fucking fine. Um, I don't, you don't, nobody owes perfect strangers and other people anything. You know, you don't have to show every side all the time. It doesn't make you a bad person if you hold some things back. You know, you should ask for help when you need it, but just know that, like, you don't owe every aspect of yourself to anyone. So I guess this is the way that I learned that. But I still showed some of the breakup and how I was changing as a result. And I opened up a little bit about it, but not majorly. And I guess that was just my boundary and a way to keep my sanity and myself intact. 
honestly, I still don't know how to talk about it in many ways because it won't ever make any fucking sense, but I'm at peace with it now, finally. And I guess I'm just going to use this opportunity to say that, you know, there, there are a lot of people I know that never get closure from breakups and it never makes any sense, right? You're probably in a very similar position with me is where you are completely blindsided and literally, I mean this in a very literal term, things change. They do a complete 180 in the course of like a day or even less for me. I think it was like 12 hours, right? I, I feel you. I get it. And um, let me also take this opportunity to say that if you if you want to move forward, if you want to get your life back and you don't want that to hurt anymore, you totally can. Um, there's always hope after that. But I basically just had to get to the point where I was like, fuck you, man. You know, like this doesn't have to change the way that I feel about myself. And I, I don't want what you have to offer if you are capable of doing something like that to me. It took a very long time. Please do not make it seem like this was just something that I, I started and finished in the course of a few months. Okay. Took a long time for me, but I'm here a year and a half, almost two years later, and I feel pretty grounded. At, with everything. You know, I feel at peace with it now, finally. I still have my days, but yeah, it's so much different than it used to be. And I'm so fucking proud of that. So again, just know that, that if you want it, you can move through it. It doesn't matter what the situation is, I promise. And I'm not going to sit here and be like, you know, if, if you want to be strong enough or like if you just if you if you have the mental fortitude, because I think it's really shitty when people say that it sort of gives you this assumption that people who have a difficult time don't want to move forward or like that they're just weak or something. And that's not the case. And that's not what I'm saying at all. But I am saying like for those of you who feel like you're in a situation that is hopeless, I promise it's not. And sometimes it's just about giving yourself enough time and giving yourself the space to work through what you need to without judging it or without feeling like you're behind or you're not, you know, at a place that you should be or comparing yourself to other people. I promise that you can get through it if you want it. And I'm rooting for you. Okay. Anyway, so the guy I thought I was dating essentially vanished from my life after constant reassurance that he loved me and couldn't wait to marry me and blah, 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 fuckity blah that went on for about a year. And when he left, I basically got a, sorry, I just have to do this right now. Oh, and also I'm going to be back for you someday. I'm sure a ton of you can relate to that. So Anyway, the night after he left, I hadn't slept at all. I was so anxious. I was so stressed. And I had sweat so bad. I had completely soaked my clothes and my sheets. And like, I have never done that before in my life. And mind you, it was November. It was not hot outside. It was like 60 degrees. I know 60 degrees in November. What the fuck? I, I live in Arizona. Okay. It's like, it's a fucking oven out here, especially right now. So, but it was horrible. I mean, that was... It's such a, an insane experience. And I know that like this happens to people all the time, but I've never experienced anxiety and stress to that level. So I am going to make a video as well about what I did to like rebuild myself and heal and like support my mental health when I was at my lowest, which this was me at my lowest. So stay tuned for that too. Um, because I was pretty much bedridden for a while after this. I was completely shattered in every sense of that word. 
I mean, I wasn't in a hundred pieces. It was like a million. I was so fragmented that it was hard to even like physically breathe. I don't know if any of you can relate to that either, but it was tough to even just like exist. And if I had to get out of bed, I would return to it as soon as I could. And I was in intensive outpatient therapy for a few weeks. So I guess I was going like three days a week, four days a week for a couple hours. And I should have probably been institutionalized at some point and not in like a funny, quirky way, like in a very seriously sad and concerning way. And I considered checking myself in somewhere like many, many times. And I basically just kept saying like, I'll give it a few more days and see how I feel. And doing that just give it a few more days thing, like keeping that mindset kept me going long enough that eventually I made it out of that phase without ever going. And um, trigger warning for, you know, the very dark thoughts and not wanting to be here. I've heard that that's how some people have made it through their suicidal points in life as well without acting on them, just doing that. I'll, I'll just give it a few more days, right? Um, I'll just try for one more day. So uh, I really just didn't want to have to take a break from my life, which is the main reason why I didn't want to go. Um, I don't know. I guess I, I just told myself what I needed to to get through. So I should have probably been in some kind of facility, though. Like I was not well whatsoever. So for months, things didn't really get much better either. There were some subtle improvements, but I was still really, really broken up. And my eating and sleeping patterns were horrific. And the level of isolation I upheld and chose was not healthy. And things were really brutal. And it's the only time in my life I really was like, holy shit, I don't think this is going to get better. I think this type of shit is where people get to like to where they feel too broken to the point of return. And I didn't want to be here. And I hoped something would happen where I didn't have to be. That's the honest to God truth. Um, I fucking hated it here. And it was so convincing that this was the pivotal change in my life where the rest of my life was just going to be really heavy, eternally hopeless and empty. Because this was supposed to be my person, right? And I was fed this entire narrative that he was my person and that he was just as committed to these plans that we made as I was. And he did so many things to convince me of this life. He was pretending to live and the intention that he fabricated having. And one day it all blew up. One day it became apparent that nothing, absolutely nothing was real. So I don't know if you guys can relate to that, but my reality was completely ripped out from underneath me. And it took a really, really long time to feel like I was human again, to even feel relatively back in my body. So I should have waited probably at least six months before even considering dating after a breakup like that. But with my experience personally, it was about a year until I felt good again. Like I had my identity back. So it was a full year. I personally feel like I should have waited a full year to start dating and I felt stable enough at that year point to where dating sounded like a good idea and I felt like I could be present and I could be really fair with people. Like I was emotionally available um, on a fair level because prior to that, I, I don't think I was. And 
even after I started to feel better, the idea of opening myself back up to anyone gave me nausea. And I was still so turned off by the idea. And I remember in college, there was only like one guy I really liked enough to want to date the entire time. And I met him a few weeks before we both graduated and moved away from each other, which is why things ended, among a few other reasons. And I was really sad. And I told my mom, I'm, I believe this is a direct quote because this is what I remember so well in my brain. It's like engraved in my brain. I remember telling her, the only thing that is helping me feel better right now is the fact I never have to allow myself to feel this way again because I don't ever have to let down my guard again to anyone if I don't want to. And that rang true with this recent breakup as well. And it's funny how these memories, these like random memories that you kind of forget about come back when you go through like very similar types of that same feeling. It's not just like, oh, I felt sorrow before. It's like, I felt this type of sorrow before and this is what it was. So a year hit and it was still a few months before I was interested in anyone after this. And then I met someone and it totally took me by surprise. I felt like I could connect with them, that we had banter, we talked about shit that mattered and we were good friends. And I didn't feel anxious about it until the end where there was like a palpable disconnect and it became apparent it wasn't going to work. But I didn't feel anxious about that interaction any anymore, which I had kind of felt with other people prior to that too. Like, I don't know, it might've been them or it might've just been like, oh, I'm not, I'm really not ready to open myself up. So I wasn't anxious about the possibility of opening myself back up to someone or that it might not work out again or that I might get hurt. And, um, you know, I'll put this nicely and say, ultimately we weren't a good match and it ended how it did. <laughs> but I remember when we had initially come to the decision that you know, timing wasn't right. And I thanked him for the experience because I was able to feel something I haven't been able to feel in a really long time. And I genuinely was afraid that I was, and I'm going to directly quote here, too broken to feel again. I was able to feel things and be someone again that I thought I would never get back. And this wasn't like a significant relationship. It wasn't serious at all. We didn't even date, but here I was, a year and like three or four months after walking through hell in the flesh, being pleasantly surprised that I'm open to being open again. And then a month or two after that, I met someone else. And I've talked previously about the fact that it didn't work out, you know, with him either. But that's the most amount of people in a really long time that I've actually liked enough to explore the possibility that there might be something more. So although neither worked out, um, and I also mentioned in a previous episode, I'm pretty disenchanted by dating right now, and I've been taking a break. I'm not hopeless. Not anymore. I'm, I mean, sure, like I'm a little burnt out, and I know that space and time away will be helpful, but I'm not hopeless anymore. So what if it never works out and that I'm never on the same page as someone? Okay, cool. I've never been a relationship person in the sense that like, I am seeking one definitely not needing one. I enjoy and I prefer to be alone. I like sleeping alone. I get the full bed and I don't have to spar anyone for the covers. But it's nice to think about the possibility of giving up that solitude and the spirit of one day sharing my life with someone else. I don't need to seek it. 
if it's going to find me, it's going to pleasantly and effortlessly and very gently pop up in my life like the last two did. There's no need to force it. I have felt this way for a very long time. I never find what I'm looking for when I'm too focused on looking for it anyway. That includes my car keys and my sunglasses. If you ever tried to find a specific jacket and you're like, I know I fucking hung it up right here and you're looking for it everywhere and you're like, I can't find it. I must have lost it. And then you go back to that same place later on and it's like literally sitting right there or you're looking for a different jacket and you find that one and you're like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. So it's the same thing. My point here is no matter how bruised or how guarded you are, if you want things to someday be different, they can be. Okay. If you don't want things to change, that's your prerogative. And they probably won't if you don't want them to. But if you do, make sure you give yourself enough time and you give yourself enough time to rest and to heal and to sort yourself out. Because sometimes you think something has resolved and it suddenly becomes very apparent that that's not the case. And whatever you thought was resolved will come back with vengeance. <laughs> It's better to give yourself too much time, which I don't really think is a thing, but you know what I'm saying. So it's better to give yourself too much time than not enough time. Take the time to fall back in love with yourself, to get to know yourself, to rebuild the foundation your life needs to sit on. Take the time to just let things work themselves out. Sometimes you don't have to do anything. You just have to let things be and let themselves work out. So give your heart time to heal so it can actually be open and so you don't attract people from a wounded place without even realizing one of my my favorite quotes is from my girl maya angelou i love her and she said and i quote i've learned that whenever i decide something with an open heart i usually make the right decision and i have lived my life by that quote as much as I possibly have been able to since I was like 13 or 14. I think that's when I first learned about it. It's so true. It really is. And I aspire to someday be someone who can make every decision with an open heart. I'm on my way, but we've still got a lot of work to do. And I'm totally okay with admitting that. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again, because it fits this podcast episode very well. I might not know what your story is or what you've been through, but I can tell you a few things that there is always hope and that you aren't alone and you're valuable and you're needed in the world. And I know that sometimes the world can be cruel and I know that whatever pain that you might be experiencing right now can seem unbearable and like it will never end, but you will get through it and we will get through it together. You have survived 100% of your worst days already and better days are ahead. So thank you for being here and happy healing, my darlings. Thank you.